It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Nick Kroll said that the Reds are, for the most part, done with major moves this offseason. With that said, we'll tell you how the Reds pitching staff looks heading into spring trading out in Goodyear. We've got all that and more on today's Locked on Reds. You are Locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked on Reds, and my name is Jeff Carr. His name is Steve Offenbaker. We are our lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans that have turned an addiction to this team into information for you. Locked on Reds is of course, part of the locked on podcast network. We are your team every single day, bringing you Reds content all throughout the year as we are in the throes of January, the beginning of 2024. And we are still, we are just slightly under six weeks away from pitchers and catchers reporting. And speaking of pitchers, on today's episode, we're talking about the pitching. What's the hierarchy? What do the 13 pitchers for the opening day roster look like? Because there are a lot of options. Nick Crawl has built a deep roster of pitchers, whether that be the rotation or the bullpen. And we're going to break down who we think makes it based on health, of course. We're not going to be predicting injury here. That's not something we really like to do on the Lockdown Reds podcast. Before we get into all of that, I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash on to get started today. And where we will get started today, Steve, is with, uh, l- let's start with the starting rotation of this pitching staff because there are lots of options and we will see plenty of guys who the Reds relied upon for plenty of starts last year, not make this opening day starting rotation because of the moves that Nick Crawl made, but make no mistake about it. That's a good thing. It is a good thing. And this is a, a drastically harder conversation today here, the first week of January than it was two or three weeks ago about exactly what this starting rotation looks like. The Reds made some moves and we thought we knew how those moves were going to shake out. But with the Frankie Montes signing, it changes things a little bit. So let, let me, I'm going to start with the gimme. Uh, first guy in the rotation for the Reds, Jeff Hunter Green. Uh, he's coming off a season where uh, his he was a little streaky, sometimes good, sometimes not, battled with some injuries, but at the end of the day, managed 22 starts and threw 112 innings. He's going to have to do better than that, but I do think that he is going to be the Reds' opening day guy. If it were up to me, I would probably go with a, a guy we're going to talk about a little bit later in this rotation, but I think the Reds have made a commitment, at least from the pitching side, by giving him the extension, by, by saying, we want you here, we're going to keep you around, buying out his arbitration, all of those things, they have said that that in their mind, Hunter Green is the guy. So I believe he'll be the opening day starter. Uh, Again, we're not questioning health here on this show. We're going to assume that coming out of Goodyear, everybody's healthy and ready to go. Uh, Man, knock on wood. But uh, Hunter Green, uh, starting pitcher number one. And we get to do that because we're podcasters. Nick Crawl did not do that, which I really appreciate. He added Frankie Montas. He added Nick Martinez. And I think it's important to note that 
through the addition of Frankie Montas, this actually increases the value of Nick Martinez because he was a guy that as soon as he was signed, it was said he's going to compete for a starting role, which everyone immediately assumed because the Reds had not added any other starting pitchers that he was going to be given a starting role. I think that as we kind of unfold the rest of the four of these five guys who follow Hunter Green, we're going to see that's not going to be necessarily the case. He's not going to be given a spot here because the rest of these four guys, I mean, it's really hard to find a hole. I mean, I think obviously Frankie Montas is going to be right there behind Hunter Green. He's a lock for the rotation. We've talked a lot about him over the last couple of days. But again, let's reiterate my favorite stat when it comes to any of the pitching uh, things that the Reds are going to do this year. He gives up ground or he forces ground balls. When it comes to contact, he's pretty good at the strikeout to walk ratio, but when he forces contact, it is usually on the ground. So I'm very happy about that. It's it's now these next three spots that little, get a little bit interesting because you really are talking about guys that have questions with health, but we're going to assume that they're healthy. So let's start with the first one. If we're assuming health and he's healthy, Nick Lodolo's in this starting rotation. Nick Lodolo showed every reason to be given a spot amongst the starting five. Yeah, if he's healthy and ready to go, Jeff, I have him down as my starter number two. Uh, I, I'm throwing him the second game of the season. Uh, I, all reports have been that he's healthy and ready to go, Jeff. Uh, the word from the Reds is that he has rehabbed. He, he is doing the work that needs to be done. He's going to be ready for the first day of spring training. We're going to have to believe the Reds medical staff on this one. And hopefully uh, they're a little bit better this year than they have been in the past. But if Nick Lodolo is healthy, it's a no brainer. But the question, that's a lot of if that's a lot of hope that that whatever was going on with him in that stress reaction in his tibia last year doesn't reoccur. Uh, we want nothing but success for for Nick Lodolo, but you're right. Nick Craw has not taken that into account. And I, I think Nick Lodolo will determine the role of Nick Martinez. If Nick Lodolo is healthy and ready to go, then the narrative is going to change surrounding Nick Martinez. And it'll be Nick Martinez, bullpen guy, uh, emergency starter, swing guy, next man up, I think is how the Reds will look at this a little bit. Uh, but after, after Nick Lodolo, um, you've got a couple locks and, you know, we're three guys deep now in this rotation. If we're talking about right. green Lodolo and Montas. So there's two guys left that I don't see how either one of these guys are moved to the bullpen. And, and now you have a full rotation and we'll start with the guy that I think should probably be the opening day starter, Jeff, but he's not going to be the opening day starter. And that is Andrew Abbott. Andrew Abbott came on last season, just like, gangbusters uh he was he was in the bigs to prove a point 21 starts 109 innings best professional year thus far in his career look like he might have run out of gas a little bit at the end of the season but all indications are he's healthy and ready to go i think that the reds just happened to ask a lot of him last year that's all that was wrong with him i think he's going to come in uh, being your you know fourth starter and probably be one of the better fourth starters in baseball in 2024 yeah, he was the Reds' best pitcher last year, and I think that the only reason he didn't get that award at Reds Fest is because Alexis Diaz was here from opening day through the entire season. That was really the big argument between those two guys uh, when you talk about that award. Abbott, uh, based on merit, definitely deserves that nod. I I understand why some people would say this. The same argument we had last opening day about the difference between Hunter Green and Nicoladolo. 
but now Hunter Green has the added juice of the ceremony, the, the, the contract extension. He's the guy that they went to first. So I think that's where you see the opening day starter argument go toward him instead of Abbott. But Abbott pitched phenomenally well last year, and I'm looking forward to seeing the step forward that he takes. The next guy, kind of like you said, don't really know how he doesn't go into the rotation if he's healthy, is Graham Ashcraft. Graham Ashcraft showed probably to be the workhorse of this starting rotation last year. He was the guy who went, you know, to seventh inning, eighth inning, more than any other starter in this rotation. And does he have the upside that Abbott or, or Lodolo or Green have? Maybe not, but I know that his floor is pretty high. And if you're talking about him as being your fourth or fifth starter, you've got a pretty solid starting rotation especially for a rotation that has all of the upside in the world and could really take a huge step forward based on how all this goes. And I find this interesting, Steve, because we talk about this fight. We say Green, Lodolo, Montas, Abbott, and Ashcraft, pretty solid five group. <clears throat> Nick Crawl really sort of acknowledged that there's going to be a battle. In fact, he had this to say in an article on reds.com from Mark Sheldon. He said, quote, we're not going to have a nine man rotation. That would be, <clears throat> that'd be pretty crazy if they had a nine man rotation, just a little aside there. Anyway, back to the quote. So there's not going to, there's going to be guys who are going to be in triple a, there's going to be guys that are going to be in the bullpen. We're going to look at this and there are going to be some competitions. The thing about that, that he said, there's going to be some guys in the bullpen. My first thought, obviously, Nick Martinez. Yeah, I com I completely agree with that. Again, I think that really boils down to what Nick Lodolo does. Uh, you talk about Graham Ashcraft being the number five starter in this group, Jeff, and he was he was you know you called him a workhorse. That's absolutely correct. Last season, 26 starts, led the Reds in starts, believe it or not. 145 innings pitched. You know, his strikeout rate was down at 6.9, but his walk rate held at 3.2. So he was very good when he was good. He had that he had that rough patch when his grandmother died, and, and we all know what was up and what was going on right. with him there. But this is a this is a tremendous rotation. Uh Nick Cross saying guys will go to triple A, guys will go to the bullpen. Uh, he's talking to Nick Martinez to the bullpen. He's talking to Brandon Williamson, who we have not discussed. And Brandon Williamson, I think that's, you know, we have not given him the respect that he deserves. Brandon Williamson is kind of the enigma of last season because uh, the Reds treated him like they didn't think he could be a starter. The Reds treated him, or at least David Bell treated him like, there is absolutely no way on the face of this planet you're going to see more than two times through this lineup. You know, they never right. let him really stretch out. They never let him battle adversity. But even though they handled him that way, Jeff, 23 games, 23 games started, 117 innings pitched. His walk rate per nine was three even. So he he did he did the things. He did a good job. So he's going to he's going to want to come into spring training battling for a rotation spot that I think doesn't exist for him. And it's going to be interesting to me how the Reds handle him specifically, because right now the left-handed choices down in the bullpen are Sam Mole, And we're going to get into the bullpen a lot here coming up in a minute, Alex Young, and that's it. So could Brandon Williamson fight his way into the bullpen and be that reliever that the Reds treated him like they thought he might be? Uh, well, that's going to be an interesting question that I think we should address in just a minute, Jeff. 
Yeah, I, I like that a lot. And there, I mean, there's other guys that are going to compete for a rotation spot. But I think at the end of the day, if everybody's healthy, these are the five that we're talking about, which means that the bullpen's going to get two guys in Nick Martinez and Brandon Williamson that's going to make some things interesting for some other names, including my guy, Fernando Cruz, as to whether or not they're going to be in that opening day bullpen. I think that that's going to be something worth discussing here. Right. Speaking of that bullpen, we're going to dig into it and there may not necessarily be room for both Nick Martinez and Brandon Williamson. We'll tell you why coming up next. Before we get into that, I want to shout out the sponsor of today's podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets back guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's right. All you have to do is place a $5 bet and you're going to get $150 back in bonus bets guaranteed. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. You can play the spreads. You can play the money line. You can even combine prop bets on a game into a single game parlay for even more fun. Right now, FanDuel has the Reds odds at winning the National League Central at plus 450. Go throw a couple bucks at that. The Reds are going to win the National League Central. That's just easy money. Go throw some dollars at that today. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and start turning your sports knowledge into cash. FanDuel is an official partner of the National Football League and the official sportsbook of Locked On. Locked On has launched the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts from the Locked On Network, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, Jeff, let's dig into this because as much as the rotation looks like it's got some extra dudes and we're going to have to sort that out, that's going to have a direct impact on the bullpen. And there's not a lot of room actually in the bullpen for it to absorb leftover starters. So Nick Carl's comment uh, about there being guys go to the bullpen, go to triple A uh, becomes very relevant because I think there's going to be some sad dudes that end up in Louisville that don't necessarily want to be in Louisville to start 2024. Yeah, and the bullpen's going to be a game, and, and we talk about this every spring training, and as we get closer to opening day and we really start to build out the 26-man roster, everybody's favorite talking point, who has options, who doesn't. That's part of it, but also... There's plenty of guys in this bullpen that deserve to be there. We start, of course, with Alexis Diaz and Lucas Sims and Sam Maul. I mean, those are the three guys that I think the most have the just most stone-cold lock on a spot. And then I think Buck Farmer and Emilio Pagan as well because of their free agent deals and things like that. So you're already talking about five guys, and, and, and there's going to be eight dudes in this bullpen when it comes to opening day because they're going to carry 13 pitchers. You're limited to 13 pitchers, but the Reds have shown no propensity to carry less than that, so you're definitely getting the 13. So five of the eight, before you really start to discuss who's going to make this bullpen, assuming health, those guys are locks already. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And, and here's another one. And this is probably the most controversial one because uh, I don't know that by body of work, he deserves to be a lock. But I think that Ian Jabot, 
has a slot in this bullpen because I don't think the Reds want to give him away. And if they expose him, if they designate him for assignment, he's out of options. If they designate him for assignment, someone's going to snag him. And I don't think they're going to just want to let him walk away. So I think he's going to be a a sixth inning guy in this bull in this bullpen. So I think that gets you to six. Now that leaves two spots for the Reds to play with. And, and one of those spots I'm just going to say right now is again, everyone's healthy in our scenario folks uh, for the starting rotation, but spot number seven goes to Nick Martinez. That's just the way that that's going to be. I don't think he's going to make the rotation out of good year. I think everybody's going to be healthy. I think everybody is going to be pitching to the best of their abilities. And I, I think that what that will mean is that Nick Martinez will start things out in the Reds bullpen. And when you get there now, Jeff, that leaves just one spot remaining for the Reds to fill. Yes. Now, if you do that, that's one spot and there's only one left-hander in the bullpen in the form of Sam Mall. That means that second spot probably, or that final spot rather probably needs to be a left-handed pitcher in order to not just kill Sam Mull down there uh, through the course of the season. So, so there are some options. Option number one, Alex Young. The Reds retained Alex Young, but here's the kicker. Alex Young does have an option remaining. They could send him to Louisville in order to allow Brandon Williamson, who we did not say makes this rotation, who was treated like the Reds in a less desperate season than 2023 was, would have put him in the bullpen, uh, which confounded me a little bit because I thought Brandon Williamson continued to grow and get better and better through the course of the season. So here's the question, Jeffrey. The final spot in this bullpen, do you give it to Brandon Williamson or do you send him to triple A and keep him stretched out as your next man up in case there's an injury or a double header or someone just needs to miss a turn with an illness and give Alex Young that final slot in the bullpen? I'm also going to make another counterpoint because I believe, and he has options, which probably means that he doesn't make the opening day bullpen, but we'll see him a lot. I believe Fernando Cruz has every argument to be on this opening day bullpen. And I get it. I understand you want multiple lefties in the bullpen. You want to be able to call upon multiple guys during the course of the game and really mess with the other team's strategies and things like that. But Fernando Cruz had a better strikeout rate than Alexis Diaz. Let's start there. Better strikeout rate than Alexis Diaz had. I think he had a better walk rate too. 13.4 and the strikeout rate, 3.8 on the walk rate. And that is both better numbers than Alexis Diaz. And I think that people kind of sleep on that a little bit because they see the ERA and they just stop looking at the rest of what he did. Again, relief pitching ERA is a very, very fickle thing. And there's just more than meets the eye to Fernando Cruz. So I really think that when you talk about this last bullpen spot this is going to be the part of you know nick crawl's quote where he says that you know there's going to be some competitions this is going to be probably the hot uh, the most hotly contested spot because you are talking about brandon williamson sticking in the majors but i also wonder what is more valuable keeping him stretched out and you could probably keep him stretched out in a long man form but that takes away from the strategy aspect of having a second lefty in the bullpen to to be able to kind of mix and match a little bit so i i almost wonder if they are they're leaning more towards you know if williamson doesn't break opening day in the rotation he's going to be in the opening day rotation of louisville and then it's either Alex Young or Fernando Cruz. And, and that argument 
I'm going to stand up for Fernando Cruz, and I believe he deserves that spot. Well, okay, let's let's get through a couple things here then, Jeff. Those were, those are some good points. I think at the end of the day, Brandon Williamson probably goes to Louisville. Um, I would love to have him as the left-hander. I, I think he could be effective out there. But as we've seen time and time again, you need the next guy ready to go. And it makes little sense to me to not have Brandon Williamson stretched out as, as he was improving and not have him stretched out and then scramble when inevitably somebody misses a turn. I'm not saying they get hurt because right. we've learned from other shows that you don't say things like that. But I am <laughs> saying that somebody will, will have the sniffles. There'll be a double header. Something will happen and they'll need another starter. I want that other starter to be Brandon Williamson. Uh, I like the idea of sticking Nick Martinez out there as your long guy. So that brings us back around to Fernando Cruz versus Alex Young for that final spot. I think you're right. If we're just going on sheer talent performance upside, Fernando Cruz should get that spot. Now, let me ask you this. Is having Fernando Cruz in the bullpen worth risking exposing Ian Jabot to being designated for assignment? Because I see that this bullpen is probably better with Ian Jabot not in it, and you put both Fernando Cruz and a second lefty in it. That's a good question. And I also think, adding on to this question... Is is and I want to answer this, but I kind of want to discuss it a little bit at length. And we're coming up against a, a spot here, but I also want to discuss this question as well. Who's the number six starter? Is it Brandon Williamson or is it Nick Martinez? Because I think that's worth discussing as well. We're going to do that here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, I want to let you know that you can follow the show in between episodes. You can follow us in between episodes on Twitter. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs. You can follow Steve at S. Offenbaker with two Fs. You can follow the show at Lockdown Reds with no Fs in that. You can also join us on the Lockdown Reds Discord page. Got a link in the description down below. And follow us. Make sure you bookmark InsideTheReds.com as we're talking about the Reds in written form. Over there, a, uh, a website affiliated with Sports Illustrated, talking Reds all the time. Whether you're talking, you know, listen, reading, whatever. All right, Steve, uh, this pitching staff, there's there's lots of talent for the Reds. And there's two questions that uh, that I want to tackle. And let's tackle, tackle yours first because it's a worthy discussion. And I think that the answer begins, it doesn't end, but it begins by saying Ian Jabot had the most appearances for the Reds last year. Absolute workhorse of 73 games. The thing of it was, try to circle some games where you're just like, man, he was elite. He was really, really good. He was he was shutting guys down. I can circle a lot of games if Fernando Cruz did that. And I, I, I kind of wonder about your question that, this this could be something worth we're talking about because it shows the growth of this bullpen if you can move on from a guy who led your team in appearances last year yeah, more than led the team in appearances when the reds picked up ian jabot the first year that they had him they doubled the amount of games <laughs> he ever appeared in and then last season they doubled it again they have definitely got their money's worth out of ian jabot they double it again this year that's going to be insane it's, it's crazy <laughs> but you know the thing with ian jabot jeff is that he has been a workhorse and numbers. If you just look at them on the surface, you know, he was unlucky a lot of the time. So says his FIP, his walks per nine was slightly over three at 3.3 strikeouts per nine, 8.2, 74 games, 75 and 0.2 innings pitched 3.33 ERA. 
they'll say, hey, that's a pretty decent guy down in the bullpen. I To answer your question and comment, though, there is not one single game that Ian Jabot came trotting out of the bullpen that I didn't say, well, here we go. Uh, I yeah. was never inspired. So, you know, it, I feel like this is a, a worthy question, and I don't know what the answer is uh, because you really don't want to give up that kind of depth and ability to have a guy eat innings in your bullpen uh, for free. You don't want to let that walk away. And it's going to be hard for them to, to get him through a waivers process and stash him. So I, I don't know what the answer is, but I do know that I think it's important that they have a second lefty in this bullpen, which would me then mean that your guy Fernando would be an odd man out. I don't know if they go and get a different lefty. Uh, Nick Crawl did say, that there could be some minor moves remaining for the bullpen. So you could see a waiver wire guy. You could see a change of scenery guy come in uh, that could fill the second lefty in the bullpen role in the right circumstance. But uh, this is a tough one. Th this last spot in this bullpen is going to be very difficult to, to sort through because there's, there's the guys that deserve to be here. The guys that you have to keep here because of the situations with the options, et cetera, et cetera. And, and guys that are best fits for the team. And, and I don't think there's any easy answer in finding that last guy in this bullpen. The hardest part for me, too, is I really like Fernando Cruz, and I really want to see him in this bullpen. But he goes against my favorite pitching argument. He had a 32% ground ball rate. Alex Young had a 48.8% ground ball rate. And, and, and it was I, good. I just, and when he was on, he was good. He was. And I think that he got, he got ran ragged there the early part of the season. Yep. And you really saw that, that he, he got hurt and he comes back and he just wasn't himself. So I, I do think there's an argument to be made that that first half of the season was a lot better for Alex Young than his stats ended up being. That's, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, and, and this is why we keep saying that, you know, you, Obviously, we're we're excited for opening day like no other, but I'm excited for spring training too because we're gonna see some interesting position battles that instead of years past where it was, well, we don't know what we got in this guy, but we also don't know what we got in this guy, so let's figure out what we got. We have some good dudes going up against other good dudes for spots that not all of them can have. So we're going to see some actual real position battles other than let's figure out who's not bad and who's going to make this 26-man roster. Speaking of position battles, the six-man rotation spot, because Nick Martinez strikes me, and, and, and I get stuck on these two guys, which the last couple of years they haven't had that great of seasons, but I get stuck on Brent Suter and Eric Lauer for what the Brewers had a couple of years ago, where they could be the long man in the bullpen, they could make a spot start here or there and still go five or six innings for you. I think Nick Martinez can be that guy. Brandon Williamson really started to show that he was taking that next step toward the end of the season. We saw some really good performances from him, but again, where is that longevity? Can he pitch a third time through the orders? That's just not something that they trust him to do yet. I think if that is the case, you make the case for Nick Martinez being your sixth starter. But the upside for Brandon Williamson for me, I feel like is higher than Nick Martinez. So that's where I think this question really has an interesting answer to it. Who do you take over those two guys? Well, for me, if you believe, if you're the Reds and you believe that at the end of the day, you will be able to have a better pitcher in Brandon Williamson if you develop him out, if he has a higher ceiling, 
than what Nick Martinez gives you, then you absolutely keep Brandon Williamson starting, whether it's in the bigs or it's in triple a, uh, the thing with Brandon Williamson is he's going to be here a lot longer than Nick Martinez is. Uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot of team control left on Brandon Williamson. And I don't want to see a situation where they alienate him. They derail him. They do anything that would stunt his growth. So the more and more I think about it, the more and more I want to keep Brandon Williamson stretched out to be that guy that makes your spot start. It comes up when there's a uh, sniffles that, that is the guy is your next man. I, I think I like that better. Whereas Nick Martinez is your swing guy. He's, he's your long man. He's uh, an emergency. You don't have time to get Brandon Williamson. He's your bullpen day starter. Oh my God. Uh, but that's <laughs> but what, he can that's go more I than do. two innings, right? Like he can I go mean, more than two. Innings. That's what that's he can do. <laughs> but, but here's, here's the luxury, Jeff. We let's, let's, let's wrap this show today talking about luxury because we've talked about, a starting rotation and who could potentially be the odd man out in Brandon Williamson. We've talked about a bullpen that has more good arms than slots in it. And when has the last time we said that about the Cincinnati Reds, but what we haven't talked about is a laundry list of pitchers that have pitched at the major league level. And we're not even considering them making the team out of Goodyear right now. This next list of names, Jeff, all are going to start the season in the minor leagues. Connor Phillips, Lion Richardson, Levi Stout, Carson Spires, Reaver San Martin, Casey Legomina, Tony Santion, Daniel Duarte, Rhett Lauer, and Chase Petty. All of those names are going to start the season in the minor leagues. That is a whole lot of talent, a whole lot of pitching depth, a whole lot of availability for guys to fill in when the need arises. The depth of this team throughout the organization, not just the 26 man, but the 40 man, and maybe even a little bit past the 40 man with guys like uh, Rhett Lauder and, and Chase Petty. And I included them on this list because, you know, we've talked about Chase Petty probably not being a guy that we see this year, but maybe uh, Rhett Lauder we probably see later on this year, but I mean, you don't know that. But that's the point where we're at that these top prospects that the Reds have in their farm system who are, you know, they got pretty good upside for pitching. They're highly regarded amongst the rest of the league because as we've heard from trade rumors, everybody's asking for them in trades. They're probably not even really considered a major league option until late, late in the season, if at all, because of how deep this pitching staff is. Make no mistake about it. We're going to see these guys at some point. That's it's not going to be like, well, they didn't make opening day. All right. Well, I guess we'll see you next year. The Reds had 17 guys start a game last year. So we're definitely going to see some of these guys get a chance. We're going to see Connor Phillips. We're going to see Lion Richardson. We're going to see Carson Spires. Maybe we see Levi Stout, although I kind of feel like he's going to be in a bullpen role, not necessarily a starting role. And, and you still got guys like Casey Lugamina and all them like, the bullpen, um, and, and, and there's going to be, you know, player X that we're not talking about right now who has an interesting year in AAA as a relief pitcher that the Reds give a shot. That always happens, too, whenever there's a tight spot. The, the Reds have so many options now that even when we're talking about days when they have double headers, you're going to know the name of the guy that's starting the second game of that double header. It's not going to be a situation where you're like, who? You know, our favorite trivia question from 2012, who is the one guy outside of the starting five who started a game? It was a guy who started the second game of a doubleheader. His name was Todd Redmond. We're not going to have any Todd Redmonds this year. We know who's going to be starting the second game of the doubleheader. 
Absolutely. And that will be a great spot to wrap up this pitching edition of the Locked on Reds podcast. That's going to do us. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every day. Every day is coming up. We're going to continue to start looking at this team. Nick Kroll says the roster is largely set. We're going to be able to start doing some lineup speculation, some position speculation. We're going to keep looking at this rotation and bullpen as news breaks, as more word comes out from those folks in the front office. On an Aloha Friday. And we will be live with you at <laughs> 9, 10, 11, 12, 1, 2, 2 p.m. Eastern time. Had to do the math in my head there. Got to use the fingers. 2 p.m. Eastern time on Friday. We will be live taking your comments and questions. Get us out of here, Jeffrey. That'll do it for us here today on this episode of Lockdown Reds. Thanks, as always, for checking us out. If you aren't becoming every day or hit that subscribe button, hit the like button. Really appreciate everybody that does. I really appreciate you for being a part of the show. And we hope to see you tomorrow because we will be locked on Reds every single day. Steve, who was your favorite Transformer? Optimus Prime, baby. Yeah, Optimus was good. I was a Starscream guy myself. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.